Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning. Welcome to a super special AOP. We have done this little series for you guys of Rival Watch. We've been talking to opposition fans, and this one is a big one, okay? Because we're not talking to some guys who are not really necessarily at our, you know, position in the table, not direct rivals. Today's different because we've got a big, big rival on the show today. It's none other than Stephen McInerney from esteemed company and a massive City fan. How are you doing, Stephen? What an intro. What an intro, mate. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to talking to some foosball. It's going to be fun. I said that because I've been back from Germany, so the foosball's in my head for some reason. Bilingual. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> throwing out your well, that's the only word I know. <laughs> just the one word, yeah. <laughs> now, we've got so much to jump into. I'm going to just fire into uh, the first thing. Hottest of takes. Hottest of takes. The hottest of takes. The AOP. Hottest of takes. Make it spicy. Like all the guests that come on this pod, I've banjaxed you just a couple of minutes ago saying that we have a feature called The Hottest of Takes, and I've forced you to come up with something quite quickly. So, Stephen, <laughs> what is your Hottest of Takes for this episode? And it has to be Man City related, right? Yeah. It can be whatever you like, to be honest, but give, oh, yeah, give me what, what's I've top of I've got one that can really annoy your audience. Okay, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Liverpool will finish closer to Man City than Arsenal. I mean, you have brought the heat today, haven't you, eh? <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's even that controversial. Like, you look at the table right now, you know, the way Liverpool are playing and stuff. Like, I, I don't strongly, firmly, one billion percent believe it, but I think it's possible, man. They've got that experience. They know that they've been there. They are relentlessly good. Salah is such a just, he's such an elite difference maker. Allison's the best goalkeeper in the world. And that's coming from Man City, if I'm admitting that, you know. Um, they are a phenomenally good side. And I think they're, I am probably more, look, I don't want to say more scared of him because any of you beat us a lot like an idiot. But I'm definitely more, I, I, I'm i more scared of a title race with Liverpool than Arsenal just because I know they can win 15 games in a row at the end of the season because they've done it before. 
and we'll have to have to win 16, you know. So that's my hardest to takes right now. Liverpool, look, Arsenal look very good, and they might even be us this weekend, but Liverpool, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm paying attention to them more. Absolute just showing the the bravado that City fans have these days. They roll into opposition <laughs> podcasts and just tell them you ain't anything on us. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. This is what happens when you win a treble. Now, Stephen, let's move on um to the first subject, okay? I want to talk City. I want to talk about specifically your love for the City. Um, A history of it. When did it start for you? What eras have you seen? I'm 38, so I've been watching my City for an awful long time. Like, um, my first game uh, is in 1994, uh, Main Road. Um, I remember it crystal clear. Uh, We beat Swindon uh, 2-1. Ex-Arsenal legend, actually, David Rocastle was playing for Man City, rest in peace. Uh, He scored a beautiful little goal. Uh, then an ex-Manchester City player playing for Swindon scored an own goal, Kevin Horlock, who I've since met, actually. And I said, thank you for that, Kevin. Uh, he scored an own goal for Swindon. And Jan Agafjort of the Pundit, who, who... So two of the players... This is quite such a humble brag, but I'm going to do it anyway. Two of the players who scored in my first ever game follow me on Twitter. I'm like, guys, I'll take that. Uh, which is crazy. But yeah, Fjortov scored for Swindon. And I remember that. Um, uh, I'm being totally honest. Um, I don't I don't fully know why I'm a sport Man City. Uh, but honestly, I've been watching them since I was five years old. I remember... But I don't know why, because my my dad's from Wales, so he's not a big. He wasn't a big football fan as a kid. My mum's from like South Manchester, like Salford territory. So I think my nan was a United fan. So I think I was just literally as a kid. I'm a bit contrarian. Everyone in my school supported United, and I liked the colour blue in the word Manchester. And I think it was that simple. I think I saw the favourite colour blue. I was like, I'm a City fan. And it was a bad decision for a long time. It was a terrible decision <laughs> because I was like crying a lot at school because. I was a sensitive, passionate little boy who wanted to defend my team. And it's hard to defend your team when you're getting spanked in every derby, every single time. And Kachelski scoring a hat-trick and all that kind of stuff. And Cantona running rings around us and Mark Hughes doing the same. And um, I, yeah, I would say it was character forming for me. I feel lucky, though, to support Man City that way because we're, we're obviously like, City a big club these days. I'm not, you know, we're a huge club. And we're up there, but you look around the other clubs, and they don't really know what it feels like. They just don't, you know. A bad season for United now. Like I saw a United fan the other day saying, "We're rock bottom. You're tenth, mate, in the Premier League. You're like rock bottom. That ain't rock bottom, mate. Trust me." Like, and I've like even Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. None of these fans can relate to being in the third tier of English football. And I know we we won the lottery, blah blah blah, etc. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't because like. Watching City play Macclesfield and thinking, oh, and it was normal to me. It was was, and you know, uh, going up and down. We were a proper yo-yo club. We had songs about it and all that kind of stuff. And um, so, Stephen, it was... one, one, one of those things on City, like, and I, I spoke to you before about this when we worked together. And yeah, from our perspective with City, I think you know, obviously, at the moment, you're the biggest example of a club that has had, you know, a, a sovereign fund come in and just completely change your fortunes. But with City's history, there was always that, the fact that you have gone up and down the league, you carried huge support in, you know, uh, lower leagues uh, um, against your Swindons and stuff. Do you feel that you guys, unlike some other teams, perhaps, I don't know, maybe your Chelsea's, do you feel like you almost earned a bit of good fortune because you stuck with your team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for what it's worth, like my first game was a Premier League game. That's when the game mentioned. We were, it was, it was Premier League. We were a Premier League team back then. And we were actually quite good. We were like mid-table-ish, you know, under, under Brian Horton. We had like Uwe Roslin, Niall Quinn and some really good players. And uh, so it wasn't like I was supporting some lowly team at the time. We were still had 30, you know, 30,000 at Main Road, you know, like, and it was still like a, a cracking stadium. And, uh, and City, of course, had had 
titles before that and all that kind of stuff. Had won the league before that. And I think at one point we had the biggest attendance of any team in, in England at one point, you know, for like some like eight or thousand in a game or something at home. And, but that was understanding here a long time ago. But like, I, I feel like City fans, I remember, I remember growing up when City fans were sort of liked because we were we were self-deprecating. We had a good sense of humour and like all the chants were great and stuff. And everyone was like, I think there was a little bit like we, we messed up so often that people sort of liked us because we were funny. You know, like, oh, bless Man City kind of. It was a bit of slight patronising, patting on the head and stuff. But everyone had a soft spot for Man City and I remember it vividly. Everyone was like, oh yeah, City fans are very slight City fans. Um, and it was always that. And to be honest, we did stick there. And like, I know it's not the case for every team. I've seen like even like Newcastle and Leeds go down and the tendencies do drop. And I have, I, it happened. It did happen in real time, you know. And the City, it didn't. It didn't. Like, and we... we you know, we we've always had. I'm not saying we had the biggest fan base in the world, but we had a good fan base, man. We had a strong fan base in Manchester. We weren't like this this tiny little team. People would convince you we were Stockport or something like that. You know, like, and I know a lot of fans are from Stockport, but like, you convinced you were a lot smaller than we were, and it was never true. We were a Premier League sized club. And we always had been. We were one of the, you know, um, we were up there, you know, and that was our level. But we did have those years around the Premier League every when we went down a few times, you know. But that wasn't always Man City. And um, but I do think the fans that have been there, I mean, I, I just got back from Leipzig and I was looking around and the average age of the most of the fans there, we've got an older fan base, you know. It isn't all just kids, it's like there's a lot of 50, 60 year old men and stuff who who've been there and watched that. And I, of course, I'm just about old enough to remember uh, the bad days as well. And um, and I think for us, yeah, like as a football fan, like I that 93 20 Aguero moment when we won the league, it was a billion times sweeter because of what went before it. And I do think we sorted the fans. And I think all football fans deserve it, by the way. I, I know I don't want to think City or any City fans are really special. Like, we all follow it. Like, there's, there is football fans of every team you follow it just as passionately as I do. And I, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. And like, and I think it's one of those lazy kind of tropes you see in football, like our fans are better than your fans. Actually, now we all know these die-off fans who love their teams. Just because football does the same thing to so many of us, you know. But I do think football fans generally, and definitely City fans, because we were there, you know, thirty thousand in the third tier of English football. How many do that? You know, I think yeah. What happened to us? I don't begrudge it, you know. And people, a lot, a lot of people will point to us and go blah 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 blah, whatever, whatever. But you know, we were there, man, and it's nice. Like we can't prove people wrong, but. I know it deep down, and I think that's why I always feel quite proud of who I support. So, obviously, um, your fate's changed and you had a few mem- uh, different managers come through the door, but the biggest uptick obviously came with the Pep revolution. Guardiola yeah. comes in. What has he done to the cup? How did he do it, okay? As teams, all of us playing catch-up now, when you look at them, and arguably, obviously, we've got his apprentice, if you like, in charge of Arsenal now. Yeah. How did you witness it? What did he do to change the culture and turn you into the juggernaut you are now? I assume he's a superstar. I think it's as simple as that. Like he was by far. I remember when we, um, yeah, when we announced it. The little, it was actually someone retweeted it yesterday. This little kind of statement, like when City had announced it when um, Pellegrini was still manager. But there was a a, a real excitement. You know, like, I think we knew that we were getting this guy who is just probably the best at what he does. And what Pep did, like we'd already won the, the league under Pellegrini, the Premier League under Pellegrini and Mancini and stuff, but they were good managers, you know, they're, they're good managers. Um, but this guy, we were, we felt, and now time has proven it true, that we were getting not just a good manager, an all-timer, you know, a special one, like a messy of management, you know, that level, you know, we're talking about a guy who can, who just does, he was a relentless, insatiable winner, you know, and, um, and I think that's what he brought. Like, there's a perfection, level of perfection and focus. And 
just brilliance to Guardiola that I don't think you can replicate. I think you have. I know it sounds really weird, but I think you are just born with that talent. You know that level of like he's almost savant like. You know in terms of his attention to detail. And I I sometimes sit there as a fan. I, I was when I was at Leipzig the other day. Like I, I was quite high up in the stands, so I could see the whole pitch. And I was like. I wonder how they do it, these managers. You know, the ones who are really good. Like, I was trying to watch the pitch and like, I see, the, see how the players are moving. I was like, I can't do this. I just can't do it. I just see my team like playing good or bad. But they, they, he sees, it's like, it must be like the Matrix when it slows down and you see everything moving and you see all the players moving in shape or not. And like, I just do think he sees football a little bit differently to us because it's like, you know, um, it's understanding another language or something like that. And I, I think Pep brought in this, intense desire and people talk about money and so on yeah he spends money you'll never deny that but he is still he's probably it's like giving the best racing car driver you know four wheel driver the best car like but they they're, they're going to do special things in a special vehicle because they need those they need that you know like put a world class you know um a, con- a conductor in front of you know a six form quiet uh, orchestra it's going to sound terrible you can't make him good We'll give them give them special musicians and he'll be like, okay, I'm gonna produce you to Halle, you know, and that's what Guardiola is like. To me, he's he's um he's a genius and he needs sort of geniuses alongside him to share his vision. Um and I think Arteta, of course, probably has a little bit of that to himself, but that's what brought Pep brought to us. He brought a step up in quality, a step up in focus, a step up in determination. Like he's been he's won so much, he just, just doesn't stop. Because it's all he knows. It's it's part of his brain. Like most of us, we do a good job and we're like, all right, all right. Gonna dine off that for about you know a few weeks. Like I, I did that good job there, and he's like, oh, "Well, where's my next good job?" And two years. Yeah, no, I agree. And and just to kind of strangle the analogy a bit more, like with Formula One, like it's one because I, I quite like Formula One, and uh, I I'm a fan of Lewis Hamilton, and some of the people that you know kind of question his achievements. Oh, you had the best car. Part of it, and this is similar to football. You still have to help in procuring the resources and the information to make that the model that it is. Like it's not yeah. like they are just people just turn up and go, "What car am I driving?" It's no, you should work on this area. You should do this. And there were managers before at City that had the same resources yeah, and clearly never created the same teams or level of success that Pep did. So no, you know. and we we saw it. Like I mean, we could always talk about money and stuff, but like what Pep's biggest attribute, in my opinion. Um, it is making use of the resources. I know it sounds crazy, but like we won, we got a hundred points with Fabian Delph turned into a left back. You know, like and like Zin, you got Zinchenko now and all. And but he, he, to me, like Pep, he, he he gets a bunch of players that he he shifts. It's such a it's such a perception with Guardiola so false that he makes players all fit into his system. No, actually, he makes a system around the players. He does like this system we played last year was entirely based on the skill sets of the players that he had. Like he looked at the wingers that we got and they weren't electric dribbling wingers, you know, like Sarni had gone, Sterling had gone, even Jesus who played out wide for us a bit. And we had Jack Grealish, who was a, you know, a, more like a wide playmaker. And Mares had lost a bit of his pace. Still a great, excellent dribbler, but he wasn't going to beat two or three people for you every single game and cause one-on-one overloads or whatever. So he created a system that, that was control. You know, all the centre-backs there, and it was pure, like, we are going to keep the ball, we're going to smother you. And it was a system that at first, we were, everyone was like, what's he doing? Just go back to your four-three-three with your two false eights and and he just persisted with it and he built it around the players. Um, and that is a lot more pragmatic than people give him credit for there. And like, but that's what I love about it. And right now we're seeing a change right now because De Bruyne is out. He's built a system that allows Alvarez to play in a different role and Kyle Walker to go further up. And it, it's all about what he can do to, like he's not forcing the players to do something that they can't do, actually. He says, you can do this. I'm going to fit you into a new idea and give you a little bit of time to learn it. Um, and it's it's great. And the, the analogy as well, like, look, ultimately 
the fact that Hamilton wins all those things in the best car is because he was the right person to be in that car. You know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. We, we've all seen, you know, look, I, I remember I used to watch a lot of Formula One when I was younger. I don't, I don't, I don't now, but I remember like the era of Schumacher and all that. There was two Ferrari drivers, wasn't there? You know, there wasn't just one. And guess which one was winning? The really good one, you know. I, and like Schumacher was winning it. There was two. There's usually two drivers for each team. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Who's the other? Who's the other Mercedes driver or McLaren? Sorry, it's like you know, like. Well, well, he's had loads of partners. Nico Rosberg. He, he's now currently got George Russell. But you're completely not as right. Good as Hamilton, are they? <laughs> it's exactly. The thing. Exactly. Um, listen. Whilst we're continuing the city loving, it's going to turn a little bit at some point. Don't worry, Arsenal fans. Uh, <laughs> you just want to treble. Um, I, I, I posit to you, I, I, I want your opinion. I want the City fans' opinion. Are you at this stage just getting a little bit numb to winning? It's just all so easy, isn't it, Stephen? Do you, no. do you even care anymore? Of course I do. Of course I do. Um, football is the most important, unimportant thing in the world, you know. Uh, it, it just is like, you know. I love that. Yeah, it is. It is. It's not like, you know, it's like, you you, you know, you're dropping a heartbeat for your family, blah, 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 et cetera. But, you know, it's football. I'm I'm aware and old enough to realize football is ultimate entertainment. But, you know, I, <laughs> you know, when people go like, you know, when you win something, well, oh, best day of my life. And everyone goes, what about the wife and getting married and, and your kid and stuff? No, but like, I would turn around and go, the, the, my son being born a year ago, the most insane day of my life. It wasn't the most fun day of my life. It wasn't. It was horrible and stressful and tiring and <laughs> agony. It was like the most fun day of my life probably was Man City winning treble because it was chaos. Thousands of people going mental and you know kissing each other and hugging. Like it's incredible fun. And football is entertainment, you know. Like, and when people turn around and go, like, you know, that really was that when they, when they say best day, I don't think they really fully mean it. I probably don't think it was the most, but the most fun, definitely. So like when City won the treble, mate, I was I had goosebumps for about two weeks. Like I, I was worried they weren't going to go at some point. You know, like, I was there just like waking up going, oh, treble winners. It just feels powerful. You feel like you got a surge of power. And no, nah, like, and going back to the start of the conversation, uh, where I come from and stuff, like, I, mate, I get buzzing to win the Caraboa Cup, you know, like, and I have to pretend I wasn't bothered about the Community Shield, but I wanted to win the Community Shield. You know, of course I do. I want to win everything. Like, Sorry about that. Team, oh, it's fine. You know, like, oh, you know, it is, it is what it is. And I couldn't complain given that we just won the Super Cup and won the treble, you know, <laughs> can't win them all. But, but it's one of those things where, like, I will never get bored of watching my team win trophies because it's fun. It's great fun. It's incredible stuff. And, like, one of some of my favorite days of my life are one of my favorite days. I'll always remember it. And, like, just going to the Carabao when we beat actually, actually when we beat you guys 3-0 uh, in the final with my dad I just remember that whole day my dad and my dad you know he's still here and all that kind of stuff but I'm always like that it's just an incredible day and like that because we got up early you know I remember my mum like alright see you, see you lads and me and my dad got on the coach and we had a few drinks and we watched the game and like and like that, I remember that forever and, and even though it was just a Carabao Cup you know and it was just an incredible day and, and like I think anyone who gets bored of winning um, they are I think they're watching football for the wrong reasons. I would say, you know, like, I, I, you, it's about those days out, and the, like, and football for me is it is the days out, it is the memories, and it is who you with and stuff. It isn't just always like football to me is definitely more in, in fun when with someone watching it. You know, like, like I don't like you know watching football on my own. I do a lot of it because of it's what I do for a living, but I don't like it. I want to be there with someone and grabbing them and hugging them when we score because that's what football does in my opinion. That's the best thing about it. It's just. That shared cathartic nature, yeah, it's just it is, and it's it's a pastime, isn't it? But it's the best one in the world, you know. So, so one thing, just quickly, because we've got loads to get through. Still, 
on the numb to winning, you said that you're not numb to winning, but do you get any sense that the players this year, are, are you getting any sense from the, what you've seen on the pitch that they may be, you know, just don't have the same drive that they had last year? No, not at all, really, to be honest, man. Um, you know, we top of the table. We've won a Super Cup already. You know, we've started Champions League really well. Now, I, I think, to be honest, going back to the pet thing about saying it's just who he is, you know, I think he's collected a bunch of players. It's just who they are. You know, winners are just winners instinctively. That they are, you, you, the best players are self motivating. You know, Messi wanted his six Ballon d'Or. You know, he didn't want just five. Like these players, like when you've got Rodri and Ruben Diaz and people like that in your team, they they don't stop wanting to win. They're just who they are. You know, Haaland is course. He's just a natural winner. Like I've got Alvarez, man, collecting trophies. Like it's this. He's won everything. Copa Libertadores, the World Cup. It's just who he is. They just win, and that's what that's. They are in, inherently focused on success, and and they're at Manchester City, and top players are at top clubs in the first place because they are the best and the most focused and the most you know the 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 most professional. And so I, I don't see that personally. I think what we've done, we obviously we've moved a few players on. It's just it might be that we moved two players, and I don't know yet. Uh, we'll see. I guess in a few months' time, but. You move players on, you bring new ones in because, you know, I, I think Mateus Nunes and even Kovacic and Jasko Vardio and Doku and so on, they'll be watching going, I want to win a treble, you know? And that's yeah. all people there. And like Oscar, like a couple of young players come into the team, like I could Oscar Bob. So that's 25% of our squad who weren't really there last season. Mm. And they're thinking, well, that's mine. And that's the hunger then. And then, you know, some of them only joined, like another three or four only joined a year ago. So it's still half of the squad is still pretty new to this whole winning thing, you know? And, um, and I think Pep and we saw it with Fergie as well, begrudgingly United, he was very good at refreshing the squad and keeping it going. Um, so any signs of complacency, they just will we'll know because they won't play well on the be out of the team. Okay. It all sounds good. Let's stop the city loving a little bit. Let's talk about some hard facts here, Stephen, over a hundred <laughs> charges hanging like the sword of Damocles. Will you even be in the Premier League for much longer? Who knows? Talk to me about your perception. We, we talked about this previously. I think it's really interesting. What's the City fans' perspective on the charges that are there? Do you think it in any way taints all the achievements that you've um, had? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I don't think it. Um, I understand why people would say it, but I don't think the the successes on the pitch from the players. Just, I don't think they should feel like it's tainted in any way, shape, or form if it comes true. You know, because uh, they, they they those players individually. You no, know, they aren't they aren't cheating because accountants say something. You know, that they are just. Yeah, I'd understand if it was like you were talking about something that changes their performance, but then you know, they are just footballers. And if 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 it's happened, basically, someone said. Well, oh, you can't spend that money. That doesn't mean Bernardo Silva's been cheating. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a very. It's not fair on the players to say that, and it doesn't change anything for me as a fan. Like the memory, the memories are all going to be there. I enjoy watching my team play beautiful football. You know, but I like look. look can, can I, I just I'm push a City back fan. on that a little bit, Steve? I just want to offer the other side. It's not that it affects what Bernardo Silva's done on the pitch. It's more about. Should you have Bernardo Silva and De Bruyne and Haaland and all of these guys? Like, you know, you've managed to collate all of these players together using unfair means. That would be the pushback. Allegedly. The thing is, the thing is for me, it's like, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure. I'm too smart to say one way or another, you know? And like, and like, the one thing is I do know, and this is why I was on the overlap the day the charges came down and like the day after, and it was, I was like, oh my God, I'm, been thrown to a bunch of hungry lions here, you know, Carragher and Neville and all these fan channels just jumping on me. And the one thing I said, and I still stand by this, is that I know that City up weren't welcome. We were never welcome at the top. We just weren't. And like, there are so many photos, there were so many photos that came out that other fans won't care about it, but City fans see it. Of all the, of like the Spurs chairman, like, United chairman, Arsenal chairman, Chelsea, like, all sat in London having dinner together with no City representative. And like, then like, you're thinking, Come on, we're not stupid, mate. We know that you don't want us here. We know that there's pressure to investigate. We know that. And look, I will. I don't. If we are guilty, we are guilty. If it comes out, so be. I'm not gonna sit and go, you were wrong. I'm not. I'm not an idiot, you know. But well, one thing I do know is I do think it's if it was the other way around, everyone's. I don't think there's a middle ground, by the way. Like we either because because the extent of the allegations could be true, but it isn't true. Like I don't think City can't cover up what they are accusing. You know, if it's true, I just don't think it's possible. But I think there's just too it's too broad. It's too broad to happen. You know, and I'm sure people will turn around and go, "You just bribed them or whatever." If it happens, which is at that point, like, oh god, here we go. Um, but what I do know is that if it was your club watching this, any of you, you would feel the same. Like. Let's just see what they say, you know, because allegations aren't necessarily charges. And it's weird. And like the thing I, I guess what I get frustrated by in general is it's crazy because we've got about 10 years, what maybe 15 years, what City did wouldn't be illegal. It's just one day someone said, you can't spend that amount of money now. You've got to spend this amount of money instead. And it's, it's, it's wild because it's like everyone acts like it's like match fiction or something like that. Like it's actual criminal stuff, but it isn't criminal stuff. It's some rules that people turn into say how much you can spend. Like people act like it's full on, like, you know, like I see people go, oh, it's like financial doping, like you're allowed to Armstrong. That's if it was a general cheat where he took drugs to advance performance. You can't compare like spending money on transfers to the same thing. It's totally different. You know, ultimately, one day it might be legal again. FFP could collapse tomorrow and all of a sudden everyone's like, well, now you can spend it and now you can't. And this is where the frustration for me comes because ultimately it's just billionaires telling other billionaires what you can and can't spend often to suit their own needs and it, that's the thing is we all pretend like my club will be doing it one day i'm not stupid if you see if you see you're at the top in 30 years i'm sure there'll be a new team that's got a billionaire owner and they'll probably be lobbying against them as well because that's what these people do and my general view as a fan is that i am not going to go in usually and i know i've done a little bit here but i'm not gonna go into into with a sword and fight for billionaires i'm not like i'm gonna let billionaire owners do what they want i don't feel sorry for 
billionaire-owned Arsenal, billionaire-owned United or Liverpool. I'm not going to feel sorry for him. In the same way that if City are found guilty, I won't feel sorry for our board because if they've done it, if they've done it, well, they'll fall on their sword and rightfully so. Like, it's not... I think there's a lot put on the fans to this. And my biggest bugbear for me always is that football fans... I, I'm a football fan and it's the whole, like... It's the whole expectation these days. And it's, it's something... I, I, and I bang this drum a lot, so it goes back many years and I've got the tweets to prove it. I hate that you have to be an accountant now. You have to be... You have to be an expert in geopolitics. And I don't, I'm not happy that City have this... 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 Um, big thing hovering over them. Of course I'm not. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, I, I would rather not our owners have this very questionable, you know, like uh, um, there's, there's so many questions around it. I'd rather not. But, you know, football, um, it's 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 weird because it's very much the whole that meme of like, oh, you, well, you live in society, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, and I understand the contradictions and so on, but like football, it's what we do to watch. And I don't support the owners. I, su- I support Manchester City Football Club and I just like watching my team score good goals and play good football and talking to my friends about it. And, and that seems a bit reductive and simplistic. Well, we all do that every single day in our lives. Yeah. We all we all have these phones and we all have these laptops that are built. We all sort of ignore things every now and then. And I don't even know if any of this is true or whatever, but we all do things because life is incredibly complicated. And I think there's so much expectation on football fans. Like, we're treated differently as... as, as and I do think it's fair to say, like, you know, why are City fans more culpable for the acts of the the, the alleged acts of the Middle East than, than the government is? You know, like, it is oh, wild. Yeah. It's wild to me. And like, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to sit here and fully defend City's owners. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Mainly because I don't care. I don't care for that. In terms, of, I don't care for City's owners in the way that I care about Kevin De Bruyne or a footballer yeah. because I don't support the owners. I don't. I support Manchester City Football Club, and those two things are very different for me. No, I do get that. And and, and points well made. Um, I'm not sure every uh, rival fan, you know, completely agrees, but I do get your points on it for sure. <sighs> I, get, I, get that. I get it. Let's move into the big game that is coming up this weekend. You've already dismissed us as being only your, I don't hey, even know if we're your look. second biggest fear, but who knows? Like Liverpool are the biggest one. First of all, let's stop breaking down because we've got, still got a bit to get through on this game. Um, let's talk about a guy who's missing. Okay, Rodri. Uh, from the outside looking in, a lot of us would say that, you know, obviously Haaland grabs the headlines, but people may say that Rodri may just in fact be your most important player. How big a miss will he be heading into this game against, you know, just some other team that you're playing on the weekend? Clearly, it's not Liverpool after all, but Rodri's <laughs> out. How do you, how do you make it? Just going back it? to that, by the way, I just think Liverpool might finish second. Doesn't mean you won't be two points behind in third, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, but no, Rodri is the... But he's probably the best player in the league in current form. Yeah, so Rodri's easily a more important player than Haaland. Look, if Haaland's not there, we play Alvarez, who might even be City's best player right now. You know, so, so it's crazy. Like, but um, yeah, Rodri. Look, it's, it's wild. Like we played Leipzig midweek, and because Rodri was back, I was like, oh, we'll win this one. If Rodri wasn't there, I'd have been like, well, maybe we won't. But we did, and we controlled the ball. We won three one because Rodri was back, and um, I, it's weird as well because I, if you if this game was happening in five months' time. I might even be more relaxed, but my issue not is the, of the quality of the players. It's more the ones are stepping in. They're still very new, and I, I think like they're new in terms of the city style. Like Nunes and Kovacic have got an awful lot of quality. You know, I'm not going to sit here and plead pity for only having those two to come in. Uh, but the thing for me is, it's probably just a bit too soon for them to get up to speed with how Guardiola wants them to play. Look, once again, five months from now, Kovacic and Nunes might be an entirely different Manchester City player because they are because it takes time to learn the system. But now. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely massive. He's um he's in my opinion, you know, um probably the best midfielder in the world. It's not just his defensive capabilities, he's the amount of goals he scores and the chances he created these days. He's complete. Um uh, I think he's phenomenal. Um and I don't fully know how we quite replace that right now. And I don't know what Pet will do. I mean, he played against Wolves, Nunes and Kovacic. Then against Leipzig, he played um Rodri and Rico Lewis, an eighteen year old, you know, five foot five uh once right back in the field he was excellent he was absolutely brilliant but you know this is arsenal and i think the what what made rico so good is probably having that comforting senior hand of rodri alongside him and if he's not there will he play rico lewis and i don't know if he will do because you think you might he you know young players are often better along plays alongside players they trust you know you can help them and i think any of his experience would have been offset by rodri's immense experience and rodri being that guy and so on but it's all down to that yeah like it, look I still feel like this City side, I've learned not to question too much, you know, and Pep, because I think you can play poorly against Wolves, but a, a game against Arsenal, it's self-motivating, you know, like players do, like players do step up in a game of that that magnitude. And even though like people like Walker and whatever and Foden did have the great game against Wolves, I'm sure they will against Arsenal because it's essentially, you know, like a cup final size game. And I do think um, some of the players that haven't played well against Wolves will step up. But I just don't know what he's going to do in midfield yet. It could be Nunes Kovacic, it could be Kovacic, Rico Lewis. He could play Bernardo Silva in there. He's played Central before. The, and the, we'll have to see. And they're all going up against Declan Rice, a guy you tried to sign, and he yeah. said, not today, not today. Uh, fancy it down in North London. Does that worry you that you will um, get out-competed without Rodri in there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Your your um, midfield is really good. I mean, is party available? Is he, is he out? Yeah, still? yeah, he's back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So he's uh, in he, contention. He's contention. All right, then. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is for me, I'm hoping John Stones was on the bench the other day. If he's available, that'd be great. Because Stones, look, we still do that kind of defender stepping into midfield thing. Kanji's been doing it recently. Kanji ain't John Stones. He's very good, but he's not John Stones. And John Stones, uh, I'm hoping he's available and can play because he plays very central for us. He goes into midfield a little bit and he would offset a little bit that physicality because he's probably the closest thing we've got to Rodri defensively as a midfielder if he plays there because uh, he's got that kind of. Uh, elegant stride, he's six foot three, you know, tall, strong, experienced. Um, but Declan Rice has been great for you guys. Um, I think to me, we're just lacking the nuance of Rodri, you know, and that's what I'm a bit worried about. I mean, what do you think your midfield will be, by the way? Odegaard, Rice, hey, yeah, I think he might plump for party. I'm not sure, it, it, it's still up for the but it depends what happens with Kai and obviously if Saka's injured. Yeah. Um, I did just want to move on to this one as well because the last time we did work together, I put it out there. I said that I think Big Bill Saliba, the bully, is the best defender in the world. Some people laughed at me on that. I mean, now, who's laughing? I mean, you. I'm not saying that you necessarily agree. I'd like to get your opinions on it. But it's certainly not something that is, you know, a lampoon. This is a legit a legit shout these days. Would you not say that it's? he's certainly in the conversation? Yeah, he's one of the best defenders in the world. I mean, I still think personally it's Ruben Diaz. I mean, he was our best player in the Champions League final. Like, he was ridiculous. Um He's won a treble, you know, he's our captain while not being the captain. He's one of those things where everyone knows he's sort of like the, the heartbeat of the team, you know. Uh, Ruben Diaz, you know, multiple Premier League winning. Uh, he was on his, I was watching a compilation of his Champions League performance the other day and it was just stupid. Like 100% duels won, you know, pass accuracy of like 97%, the amount of blocks and just, just I mean, to me, Ruben Diaz, without being a knobhead, he's a young John Terry that way. Like, like, and I, like the thing is, thankfully, he's not doing tours around Stamford Bridge or whatever for, you know, a little bit of money or 
flogging NFTs online. But like, I think Ruben Diaz, um, to me, it's him. And Saliba is obviously excellent. Um, I think it's probably fair to say, like, and it's only time. You know, let's see how, that's how he does. Let's, let's see if he can do it at the level, you know, of Ruben Diaz. And I mean that in a nice way because Ruben Diaz has done it in title races multiple times and he's, he's won a Champions League, being, in my opinion, the best defender in Europe at the time. So um, Saliba's excellent now. You know, he, he'll put it this way. Mm. If, Pep, if somehow he was at Man City, what happened? But if he was, I'd be like, great, we've got a great player, you know? So, um, but uh, I, I thankfully know a great or thing or two about great defenders because we've got a lot of them. You know, we've got Josco, we've got Ake, Stones, Diaz, you know, we're very lucky. To be clear, uh, Ruben Diaz has not shagged any teammates' wives as well, as far as we know. So <laughs> that's another difference to John Terry. Exactly, yeah. A couple Poor of things we've got to bounce through here because I know you've done us very well coming on and you've got to shoot, but uh, let's let's kind of keep these more punchy then. So Arsenal, okay, who scares you? Who is the player, if I could give you one player, who, if they play against you, they're the biggest worry from Arsenal? Odegaard. Okay. I would say Odegaard. I mean, we've seen recent, we've seen in the last few games, Ake's done a really good job on Saka. He has done. He's quieting down. Kyle Walker is a phenomenal um uh, fullback against fast, skillful wingers in Martinelli and so on. But Odegaard, um, because we haven't got, we haven't mentioned we haven't got De Bruyne, you know, <laughs> as we haven't got De Bruyne and Rodri, it might, probably the two, two of the best players in the world, you know, like we haven't got them. So, uh, but Odegaard, um, he's the kind of guy who will score from 20 yards, you know, um, he's got such a laser point accuracy. So I would say Odegaard. Okay. And that might move quite nicely into. If I give you a combined City and Arsenal 11, I'm guessing there's going to be a City sway. There probably would be an Arsenal one if I was doing it. Who Basically, who at the Arsenal team gets in a combined 11, do you think? Are you talking about everyone being fit then? Because I think that's... Uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone being fit. Who would I take? Um, I'm fine with my keeper. I'm fine with the best defensive right-back in the world. Um, I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't. See, see, if I was a City fan, I'd want John Stones and Diaz because I love them both. You know, I've seen them win a treble. It's so weird because it's like it sounds arrogant, but you, when you watch your team play in a certain way, like and you you, you get so um, you you see them do what many deemed impossible. Then like, why would you change them? Uh, and I wouldn't change Zinchenko for you know Ake of RDL right now because Zinchenko is great, but then we were better after he left. You know, uh, I would midfield. Um, I would have Odegaard, I reckon. I'd go for Odegaard. I'd have, um, I would, but I would want Rodri and De Bruyne because they're, I think they're great. And I probably would, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, I would really like to have like a um, second Martinelli in general, you know, in general, you know, because I think they're, they're brilliant. Um, yeah, I do a little Phil's, I love Phil, but let's, I'll, I'll, as a natural winger, Saka's a better right winger than yeah. Phil Foden because Foden's yeah. more of a midfielder. And I can admit that. I wouldn't change Haaland, obviously. So I would take. Yeah, I'd Odegaard, Odegaard, and probably I wouldn't mind Martinelli because I think he's a better, he's a, he's a more of an, he's a great winger. I love Martinelli, so yeah. Um, and obviously, I, I understand Arsenal fans saying the other way around, but yeah, you, you've got to remember Arsenal fans. My team won a treble. When your team wins a treble, you think your players are the best because they are. <laughs> they are so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, last bit then. It's the dreaded predictions. Okay, I not only want a prediction for this weekend, the big game, but also. How you expect the season to shake out? Who's going to win the league? And and also, who's going to win the Champions League? Um, I think we'll win the league again. Uh, I think when De Bruyne comes back, I think we'll be there and thereabouts. And we just have that insatiable drive from January onwards. We always do. And he'll be back. KDB will be back around February, January, something like that. And I think that'll be massive for us. And I think he'll want to make up for lost time. The Arsenal game. I'm going to go for a draw. 
Uh, I don't think we'll be at our best. I, I think it'll be a really entertaining game. We'll have a two-all draw, but I do think um, it'll end up something a, a bit of a shootout, I reckon. I think the, the game will run away from itself and it'll be uncharacteristically end-to-end, I reckon. Um, and I think there'll be goals in it. Uh, I think I'm going to draw Champions League. I think we'll reach a final. I don't know if we'll win it, but I think we could reach a final again. It's weird because it sounds like it sounds so arrogant, but it just sort of sounds logical. I look around the you look around it, and I don't think PSG look a mess. Beating Bayern already, at Madrid they've got the Bellingham factor, but we've battered them already before. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Arsenal could be up there as well. But then you were poor the other day. You get you know against Lenzo. It's one of those things where. Um, oh, don't worry about that, Steve. Don't worry. We've still we got a lot in our locker. We got a lot. And you've got a lot of experience in your locker. That's the thing, man. Experience is difficult, and I know because I watched City struggle for 10, 15 years. I, you know, Champions League. I know it sounds so lazy, but I didn't get it until I got it. It, it is hard to win. It's really hard to win, man. And I know because we've done it, and it's hard to do. <laughs> but like, it's very hard to do because. It, but the burn about man, like there's something about it. It just, it just, it just kicks in, and they're not scared because they play for Real Madrid. But the only thing is for me for now is I feel like these city players won't be scared because they've done it. You know, like once you've done it, like you, you can stare anything in the eye and not be scared of it. So I think we could reach a final again. Okay. Uh, Stephen, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, as I said, you are from Steamed Company for anyone who's listening. Um, do check out his stuff, he's absolutely sensational. And Matt, who is one of the main he's he's one of the other co Hosts on there. He's a big fan of yours as well. Oh, thank so, you, mate. Um, Cheers. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're fans. We're fans. Oh, that's nice. I, I'm not do. sure how many of your listeners will be after that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I always say, by the way, every time I do stuff with Arrival, it's mad because like you got to talk about like, oh, just even anything. I could do some stuff with guy or whatever. I got to talk about my team, but like everything's so rosy. And who wants to hear your rivals talk about how great things are all the time? Like you don't. You want to hear them go, well, this is not. But it's just impossible. I, I, and I say it to City fans. Some City fans more all the time. Like we are literal treble winners. We've won three out of four. You know, we've won three leagues in a row. And like, and it's just. It's so hard to be anything other than annoyingly positive. I'm that guy who just smiles at everything all the time. And it's like, it's I get it's great. In, I get it must be very great. In, but it's just the reality that we're living in. It could be Arsenal's one day. So I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on socials? Uh, my, my Stephen McInerney is my uh, tweet. I've got a Steam Company one, but I never really use it. So Stephen McInerney there. And uh, yeah, same on Instagram, Steam Company, Steve McInerney, whatever. And YouTube, a Steam Company. Perfect. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Do drop some likes and some comments on what you've heard today. And I will say ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.